0: I remember uh, when I was little, I'm just gonna say it. I remember, well, I was never really little. When I was younger, um, he's a husky boy. (laughs) When I was younger, um, like really young, I don't know if any of the children can relate to me here, but um, there'd be numerous times that I would tattle on my older sister. I'd go to my mother and tell her, you know, Angie's doing this, and she's doing this, and she's doing this. And, and no doubt, if, if your sibling is doing something really bad, like they're hurting themselves or they're hurting somebody else, you have to tell somebody, no doubt. That's not what I'm talking about. She looked at me wrong. <laughs> she looked at me. and very, <laughs> She's touching me. She's touching me. And very often, I would hear, mind your own business. John, mind your own business. Mind your own business. I'm sure some of you have heard something like that. You know, go ahead and tell me when it's bad, but him touching you is not one of those things. He looked at me wrong. Now remember that, bracket that. To understand this gospel, we have to contextualize it. we got to figure out what's going on. it basically is a part of an ongoing conversation. And what's difficult is it, it sort of is just sort of plopped down in the middle of us, and we're tempted to just take it all very literally. What does that mean? Et cetera. One of the things we have to remember is that the gospels are not like uh, uh, you know instruction books. They're not instruction manuals. You know, it's somebody trying to remember what happened, just This happened, and then this happened, and then Jesus said this, and then they said this, etc. Eyewitness accounts. So if we go back to last week, okay, because this is part of that same conversation. Last week, they're journeying, and they get to their destination, and Jesus asks them, what were you talking about along the way? And they were arguing about who was best. Sounds like something guys do. I'm better than you. I'm better than him. I'm better than you guys never do that. We still do that. The competitiveness, you know, and so they get to their destination, and then Jesus starts to teach them about discipleship and leadership, what it means because, you know, they're going to be the leaders of the church, so he's teaching them about leadership, right? And so he, he takes a child, puts it in his midst, 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 takes a child, embraces the child, and says, look, you need to receive the smallest, the littlest among us. You need to treat them with the same amount of dignity as you would, you know, an adult or somebody else. You need to take the smallest, the weakest, and you need to serve them too. You need to seek their good as well, okay? And so whoever receives that child receives me, So the conversation continues. So here he is with his disciples. He's presumably still holding this child, okay? The conversation continues about discipleship, about leadership, about what they're supposed to do. So then John says, oh, well, by the way, it's an ongoing conversation. Jesus, by the way, you know, we saw somebody doing stuff in your name, and we tried to stop him because he's not with us. So we we tried to stop him. Is that the right thing to do? right? It's like Jesus fielding questions. He's saying, well, no, don't stop him. If somebody does something good in my name, it's good. Even if it's imperfect, even if they don't follow us, even if it's, you know, out there, even if it's at another parish, even if it's another a faith or another Christian uh, denomination, it's good. If it's good in Jesus' name, it's good, and it should be honored. And so Jesus is still holding the child, right? And so he says, whoever causes one of these little ones, children, to sin, right, incurs the wrath of God. In other words, you have a great responsibility to the little ones, to children and to those who are weak, to lead them rightly, right? So he's continuing the conversation, the instruction. You have a grave responsibility. He's telling his disciples to take care of little ones. And of course, that extends to all of us. You know, those of you who are parents, of course. What a great, is there a greater responsibility you will ever have, a greater blessing, a greater struggle, greater, I mean, greater everything. Is there ever a greater love you will ever have than for your children? But the Lord reminds us of our, our grave responsibilities to our little ones, and he's reminding his disciples as well. So then he circles back to what John had asked him. There's this other guy doing stuff in your name. We tried to stop him because he's not with us. And this is Jesus' moment to say, mind your own business. I think that's what he's getting at. By the way, I read what the Pope said about this this morning, and that's what he said, so I'm stealing it. I've done fairly good authority the Holy Father was saying, what's what's going on here is, this is Jesus using hyperbole, right, Um, exaggerated language to get across to His disciples, look, worry about yourself. Don't worry about that guy doing good stuff in my name because he's not doing it perfectly. He's not doing it right, according to you. Worry about yourself. Worry about the things that you're doing that are taking you away from me and from your heavenly Father. You need to be, and so he's using that kind of language to to really highlight, look, you need to focus on you. Don't focus on them. Don't focus on the other person. Focus on you. Mind your own business. Worry about your hand that sins or your eye that sins or et cetera. It's not literal language, it's hyperbole. What a great lesson. You know, so often uh, I think there's no doubt, and certainly for Catholics, and I'm sure for, for other Christian religions as well, we get into this sort of us and them mentality. You know, we're better than they are, or we're better at this, or we're better at that, and we'll hear it from, from the other side. And it's, it's really too bad because it's clear that the Lord is saying, look, if people do what is good in my name, it's good. Acknowledge goodness. Acknowledge love. Acknowledge virtue wherever it comes from. Even if it comes from non-believers, it's still goodness. It's still lovingness. Acknowledge the good that we share. There's so much more, especially, I believe, in the current cultural situation. There's so much more that we share among the Christian religions than that really divides us. It's unnecessary to focus on what divides us, because He who unites us is so much greater. But there's this need in the, in the human condition to be right, and I think that's what John is kind of, kind of exposing in himself or in the disciples, is, well, we're doing it the right way. That other guy isn't. He's not following us. And so we, we get sort of focused on sort of an idealism of doing things the right way. We do it better than everyone else. And we could extrapolate this to, uh, beyond religion, we could extrapolate this into, you know, families, and, and uh, you know how you, you talk about the other family, or the other family members, or, or friends, or even into business, et cetera. It's far better to have an openness to each other, to learn from each other, to acknowledge what's good, and then to say, I, it's okay that we do things differently you know? But unfortunately, we try to build these silos. We do it the right way. And, and this is what the Holy Father was actually saying at His Angelus this morning, well, this afternoon in Rome, um, was that it's a danger for the Catholic Church to build sort of utopias, to focus just on ourselves at how much better we are, that we need to have an openness to the world, We need to have an openness to those around us. The the good news of Jesus Christ is not meant to be hoarded and kept for a select few. The good news of Jesus Christ is is meant to be shared, proclaimed. Now, even in the first reading where you have the Spirit descending on, on others besides Moses so that God's Word may be proclaimed. And we hear how how wonderful it would be if everybody could do this. And actually, with our baptism, everyone is made a prophet. Everyone is given the authority, the, the responsibility, the charism of preaching the good news. So, it's our job as a parish not only to share the good news with each other, but to share the good news with all of those out there in our life. To tell them about how good Jesus is to us. To encourage them if we see goodness. It's far better. You know, we can see somebody's maybe a little bit off track in their life, and you know, maybe it's a member of our family, and we kind of want to get want them to get it all together. But it's far better to encourage what is good than to focus on what is lacking, which is always discouraging. Yeah, that was good, but. Everything before the word but is – wait, I have to translate – is meaningless. If it's good, it's good. Acknowledge the goodness in our lives and focus on ourselves. Sin is real. Sin separates us from Jesus Christ. It has to be taken seriously. But let us not forget that our Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, desires for us to be reunited with Him. And so we don't merely look at this passage and say, oh, it's, about, it's just about hell and damnation. The Lord desires reconciliation and the salvation of all of us. And if we focus on our own growth, our own progress, then that is what is in store for us, the gift of eternal life. Please stand.